There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales, leaders go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. 
Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. supplies list. Oh, there you go. Now you're good to go. When she is in... Oh, wait, our guest is on, right? I believe so. He is on, I believe. Jamie Keller with us. How you doing, Jamie? Having my baby. (laughs) Having my baby. I'm a woman in love and love that's going through me. So you must Uh, have heard. I thought I was supposed to be Paul Anka today. What's happening? I know. (laughs) We blew off Paul Anka to get to you, Jamie. What the hell is that all about? I am flattered. Um, Paul and I go way back. We used to tour back in the early fifties, uh, I believe. And you know, he 50s. wrote my way. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, the time of our lives. I grew up with it on the Kodak, uh, the Kodak commercials. Paul Inc. He, he is actually one hundred and forty-five years old. <laughs> he has a cybernetic body. You know, they uh, they totally restructured him. It's with plastique. He's indestructible now, and what's funny is the government is using him as a weapon. And he lures them in, he books shows around the world, and then he goes in and does hits. Yeah, he cleans out any bad guys, terrorists around the country. He lures them in because those guys love songs. Like, you know. like you're having my baby. Baby. I like that one. Oh. Do you remember the time? <laughs> the Taliban like Paul Anka. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to remember, too, that Paul Anka wrote the theme song for The Tonight Show. Probably made a I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, there you I go. Know that again. Jamie, all we ever do is educate on this show. I'm, I'm, yeah. Honestly, and that's why I love doing the show, because every time I leave here, my IQ goes up at least a half a point. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the great things about this combination, your IQ goes up, and we're very happy because I don't think you have any bigger fans of your work than the people on this show. I love it. you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tacoma FD's coming back in September. Oh um, my yeah, god! So we shot we shot we shot during like right as the uh, pandemic was uh, uh, kind of coming back in September or not. We shot in January through like March and uh, yeah, the new season premieres. So those guys are the best. That is one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on. It's super, <laughs> well, super it's crazy. a great show. That yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> she got my wife. That show. That show. <laughs> those boys. It's like, it's like exactly. women watching Animal House. Like, yep. come on, yeah, guys. That's too much. That's <laughs> true. That's very, very true. Oh, yeah. it's just. One thing I would like to point out, though, Jamie, is, and this is not a criticism, it's just pointing something out that. Um, there's a lot of penis involved in, in the show mm, because of, you got Polonsky, you got <laughs> Penisi, mm-hmm. you know you know what I'm saying? So there was mm-hmm. something on somebody's mind when they wrote this show. Well, this, this season we bring in uh, Private Stiffy, uh, <laughs> uh, Bob El Dente, which is a, a reference to some ED stuff. So there's a lot of uh, Timmy Python shows up. Timmy uh, Python. The, the, the bad guy is actually the one-eyed salamander, and uh, he'll make an appearance in episode four, I believe. And uh, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, they, to God. say those gentlemen are sophomoric uh, is an understatement. You know what's funny? Here's the funniest thing of all. Kevin Heffernan 
was a lawyer. They all went to Colgate. They're like the smartest guys in the room. Right. It's like Monty Python, where you're like, oh, they're filthy. No, they're geniuses. They just, <laughs> they just get humor. Uh, yeah, Kevin Heffernan was a practicing lawyer in New York State. The yeah. guy who plays the doofus in all the Super Trooper shows. They all wrote it. Him and Lemmy wrote all the episodes. They direct all the episodes. They edit all the episodes. Huh. You know, it's like Chaplin. It's, it's like all these guys who, you know, Laurel and Hardy were actually really smart cats. Uh, so it makes me laugh so hard. But, yes, they are absolutely uh, the lowest common denominator of humor. But it's super funny. It's really funny. <laughs> it is out. funny. No, I yeah, do yeah, have, yeah. Jamie, I have to ask you, there's a lot of pressure on you because – for Jamie Kaler, it's not enough just to be funny. You have to have to be the dazzling urbanite, you know, love interest too. Oh, oh, please, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so, please. You know, people will go like, I used to think I was good looking till I got to Hollywood, and now I'm like, I always say I'm lumberjack good looking. Like, like I could work on the cover of like brawny paper towels. You go, that's yeah. You know what? He's he's okay. Yeah. When I walk into rooms, I like I I was in a room next to Brad Pitt at one point. He he didn't see me. I was invisible to his retina. Like I <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't see things as ugly as I am. But I looked at him and I was like, God, that dude's gorgeous. I mean, like freakishly, like this he glows. There's a glow off of him where you're like, Oh my God. I want to hold that. It's like it's like the idol. It's like when they open the uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the ark and everyone's head melts. You're like, that's just Brad Pitt in the in the thing. It's crazy. Yeah, I understand completely. I know, Jamie. Do you uh, you just carry the whole thing through from shooting television to living life? It just follows through. You just have a ball, man. It's wonderful. Uh, well, I did until I had a wife and kids, and now it's all come back down. Just a scooch, but it is. Um, now I've I've had <laughs> such a lucky career. I was talking to one of the guys. I'm, I'm actually in Detroit right now. I'm shooting this crazy movie called Stealing Jokes, and I play this. Oh sure. This southern club owner who gets uh, robbed and and uh, and taken advantage of, and it's super fun. But I just keep jumping from like like this year especially. I'm doing like some crazy drama with Shannon Dory called uh, Breast Cancer Bucket List is coming out in September on Lifetime. Uh, Tacoma FD is just insane over the top. I'm shooting this thing. I have a comedy album coming on iTunes. So I'm kind of lucky that I bounce around. You know, I did, I did some Loud House episodes during the pandemic, you know, voiceover stuff. And then I end up hosting crazy shows like American Facts versus Fiction or Haunted Live. Uh, on Discovery. So I, I have been very, I always say I'm, I'm a jack of all trades, but master of none, you know, because I can, I can do, he's like, ah, he'll work. He's scale. He'll be cheap. Don't worry about it. Bring him in. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jamie, I need to point out, I just got a call apparently uh, because he wanted to get out of your way. Paul Anka canceled, but now he rebooked for Thursday. So we're good to go. Well, I'd never heard he canceled. I heard he was rescheduled. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. He's probably, okay. dude, he's probably off dealing with stuff in the Middle East. Who knows what that guy is? Like, he's just getting stuff. Or he wrote another, you know, he wrote, he rewrote Puppy Love 2. I don't know what he's working on, but something's oh happening. God, he's got it. Jamie, when's the last time you were in Minneapolis, St. Paul? How long ago was that? It's too long. It, God, it was Acme Comedy Club. Right. And yeah. it was eons. Yeah, it was way before my kids. Way before my kids. I have got to come. I talk to uh, Dave all the time, and I got to get out there and do do some club dates out there. But it's crazy times, man. It's crazy times. No, I got two is, little but... girls, and I'm home. I homeschooled this whole past year. I homeschooled a uh, first grader and a, and a kindergartner. It was gruesome at best. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I told people during the pandemic, I, uh, 
I was lucky, and I went back to school, and I studied a double major of kindergarten and second grade. It was uh, super. <laughs> and I got a degree in pain management. Um, God, yeah. They, so the whole album's coming out, and it's really about the year of homeschooling my kids, you know. Wow. Yeah. It's it a uh, wonderful thing. Yeah, because I was just thinking, you, you came, because I do a morning show in town, KQRS Radio, and I've been mm-hmm. doing a morning show for like 36 years, and you came in studio then. That that was that long ago, though. Huh? It was that long ago. Yeah, I think God. it was. It was that long ago. Um, it's crazy. And once you have kids, they, it just, my daughter turned eight, like, a week ago, and I'm like, Ugh. I'm all of a sudden a quibble, and I'm quivering mess. I'm like, where is it going? I'm such a baby. So, uh, yeah, I got to get back up. But, you know, the touring is just not sound, man, especially with the kids. But. Now, now, I do have to ask you this. And I, you know, I, this might sound like just a regular trite interview question, but I really am serious about this because we do love the show. We've seen every episode of the show. Is it hard to shoot that show because it's hilarious, but you guys stay in character really well? Is that hard to do? Rot row. Uh, uh-oh, did I lose Jamie? I think you lost him. Either that or he just hated your question. Or he just, this is the worst question that's ever been <laughs> Looks asked. Looks fine on my end. Huh. I'm guessing his phone might have... Uh, well, no, he has children. Anything can that's happen. That's true. Yeah. He came over and just hung up on it. Just came over and hung up on it. Oh, yeah, his phone is having issues, I can tell. Press red button. Yeah. Yes, I think he accidentally... Uh, it broke somehow. Well, hopefully he'll call us back because I love Jamie Kaler. Well, he's still here. He's just trying to unbreak his phone. Oh, he's it? trying to unbreak his yeah. phone now. Okay, well, good. I'm I'm glad I didn't say. And I've never liked Jamie oh, Kaler. Jamie, I can see your mouth move, but I cannot hear you. There's something. So <laughs> I think the, uh, the yeah. mic might be muted somehow. It's something that Captain Polanski would have done. Yeah. Let me just point oh, that out. There you out. go. It's, it's just, oh, uh, by the way, you I was want, wrong. Jamie, if you can, assuming you can hear us, oh, there you go, yeah. Drop out and then just come right back and that should Very hopefully good. fix it. By the way, I was wrong. Paul Anka rebooked for next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Not Thursday, <laughs> next Tuesday. So you can still hang out with Paul Anka. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I think Lindsay had a cross paths with him at one time. So with Paul Anka? Yeah. Well, he's celebrating nice. his 80th birthday. Yeah, he, he's only 80. He's only 80. <laughs> he's only oh, 80. He's got to be older than 80. No, no, he's about 80. No, he's 80. 80. Really? Ten, yeah, 10 well, years. Yeah, 10 I years would older have than thought. Oh, was he 13 when he had all his big hits? All right, oh. Jamie, is that better? It feels like he's been around for. No, it is not years. better. Well, oh, no. no. we got to have Jamie Kaler on. We oh, can't I know. What if I do. I don't suppose if I just like crank his mic up. No. Yeah, I There's still we still there. can't hear you. Rats. I don't know. Well, why don't we? Did, why? did you? I mean, did he disconnect? No, he's still connected. I just can't hear him. I can see him. I can see the video. Okay, what'd you do, Andy? But, what'd you do? Yeah. yeah. Way to go, my friend. There's got to be a mute button in there somewhere that got uh, you got, got, got muted. I don't got think it's on our end. Well, let me do this because Jamie is such a good guest. Let me point out that. Tacoma FD premieres September 16th. Jamie plays, of course, Captain Polanski. <laughs> Aftermath, the number two movie on Netflix right now, starring Jamie Kaler. Breast Cancer Bucket List, which he talked about doing with Shannon Doherty on Lifetime. That's in September. He is currently shooting Stealing Jokes. He's in Detroit, Jamie pointed out. He's in Detroit right now shooting Stealing Jokes. And he has a brand new comedy album called Homeschooled, and that comes out September 17th on iTunes. Oh, apparently they can hear him. Who's they? Well, what the, the hell? The listeners? The can listeners? I, what if I do this? Okay, no, I, we can hear our computer. 
So they can hear him, but we can't. Oh, that's, that's weird. Uh, Who's they? The listeners. The listeners. So he's probably just running soliloquies and singing Ianka so, songs yeah. and everybody's hey, all entertained. Hey, would you mind entertaining yeah. everyone for us? We'll just go. We'll and you just, can. Yeah. <laughs> just talk for a while. We don't know why this is happening. Uh, talk really about yourself. Don't know. And now he does Is a it, podcast. Did anything get unplugged? <laughs> I'm trying to figure known. that out. I have it's a feeling me. something did, yes. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know what could have been. Well, well, once, the new system worked there? just fine until... It didn't until it stopped working. Just well, fine. I do have to tell Jamie something. This is the very first time in nine years of doing this show this has ever happened. So, <laughs> way to go, Jamie. Typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I don't know. Really, truly have no idea how this could be happening. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Can we just send him a note and have him call on the regular telephone? Something just switched. I heard uh, something in my headphones. This was unplugged lately. Something was on. Oh, that's just a headphone. Oh. Okay, I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out. Can you hear me now? Oh my God, my son's a genius. Our son's a genius, Jamie. It was you. It was. (laughs) I think it was. Andy. How did that happen? It felt like a fight. It felt like a fight I would have with my wife, where I used to go, no, no, it's my fault. And now I'm like, no, no. It's you. <laughs> You've made a choice. You made choices well, that affected you. everything. Oh, well, the good news too. is the listeners could hear whatever it is you were saying for the past five minutes. Oh, no, so. I hope not. I said some things. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Get the FCC on hotline because I don't know what's happening, but it, it's, it went awry for a second, I think. Oh, it yeah. sure did. Well, um, Paul Lake is only 80? That can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up, July 30th, 1941. Wow. He heard every word. Yeah. Man. He's right. 80 years old. What are you going to he, the- he, uh, You know what? He did write, I think he wrote Puppy Love when he was 16 years old, I want to say. Yeah, he was very young, I know that. Yeah. Very, very young guy. But yeah, he's. I, I was wrong. He's not going to be on Thursday. He's going to be on next Tuesday. So, you know, if, if you want to be a caller and call and go, yeah, Paul, this is Jamie Kaler, and I'd just like to tell you that, you know, it'd be wonderful. It'd be a great day. Uh, please, I would love to meet Paul. Like, he's been, I actually really like Paul. Like, I do too. I do too. Yeah, I, like I love his music. I mean, he wrote, he, he wrote my way. I mean, that's Sinatra. He was a huge songwriter. So yeah. Um, you were talking good. about Tacoma, though, and I will tell you, uh, it's easy to stay in character because we're all just really playing ourselves, and you can't <laughs> no, help but okay. laugh. And it's one of the few shows, like most shows, you show up on time and then you leave when they're done with you. Like my boys was the same for me. Like we people show up early. And nobody leaves the set because people just hang out and watch the rest of the scenes because it's a show all day long and it's just super funny. The whole cast is ridiculously funny. So I'm excited for those guys for season three to start. Boy, I got to be honest with you. Every single person on that show does a hell of a job. You're right about that. That cast is really strong. Yeah. I mean, Gabe Hogan and Eugene and Marcus and Hassie Harrison, who is. I mean, when you're hot, that hot and funny, (laughs) man, you're going to have a career, baby. This. Hot and funny, that's a deadly combination in Hollywood. I couldn't. Well, you know, Joan Rivers kind of invented it. She was the first very beautiful woman that was allowed to be beautiful. Remember, people like Phyllis Diller had to kind of homely herself up. Or that's they right. Wouldn't hire her. Lucy was pretty. Yeah, Lucy was very pretty, too. That's true. Yeah, she was. That's true. Yeah. Not as pretty as Jamie, but, you know. Pretty. No. 
practical. Well, honestly, pretty... Lucille Ball and I are very similar in looks, I think. We uh, <laughs> I have a lot of Lucy, Lucy features. Do you? That's well... what I think. <laughs> yeah. The ginger. The ginger okay, in this yeah. place. Yeah. Well, she looks a lot different in black and white than in real life. So you That's know. true. She does. I suppose that is true. Yes. There was a lot of redheads back in those days in black and white because we actually photographed great black and white. And people go, oh, that person's really attractive. And then they see you in person and your hair's red and they go, oh, no, children of the corn, <laughs> run away. Children of the corn, yes. Yeah. The only yeah. lucky thing about the break we had there is I did talk about all your all your stuff you have going. Aftermath number two on Netflix right now. You Can you believe that? Yeah, we shot phenomenal. it like, I mean, we shot it like a year and a half ago before the pandemic. And it came out, this little thing came out on Netflix, and all of a sudden, like over the weekend, it was number two behind Vivo. And everyone in the cast, actually the producer of this film was the director of that film. And that's how, he, he called, I was vacationing with my family in Jersey, and he called me on Friday and was like, hey, can you come play this part? And so I flew to Detroit, and my wife had to fly home alone with the kids from New York <laughs> to Los Angeles. And she was not happy about it. She's like, no, no, you should fly from New York to Los Angeles Help me get the kids home, then go back to the airport and fly to Detroit. And I was like, "Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I can't." No. But no, no. Yeah. But yeah, so we were. I left straight from vacation to come here, and uh, and it was from the aftermath cast. Uh, the show is super fun, and uh, yeah, kind of that that movie just blew up. It was it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, Aftermath, number two movie on Netflix right now. You already talked yeah. about breast, can- uh, breast Cancer Bucket List, Stealing Jokes, of course. You're in Detroit mm-hmm. right now. You already brought that up. Homeschool comes out September 17th, a little over a month from right now. So Actually, one one month exactly from right now. So one month, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So so we talked about it a little bit, but as far as homeschool goes, do you uh, how long did it take you to put that together? Well, you know what's funny? I wrote the whole album over the pandemic. While we were, had construction going in the house, I was homeschooling the two kids. I mean, my wife had an appendectomy. It was just like Ooh, the worst geez. year of all time. And so I kept doing these crazy monologues. And I didn't really do any live shows, but I did these Zoom shows. And so oh, I wrote sure. these things out as monologues. And then when the pandemic kind of broke a little bit, I did one weekend in, in La Jolla at the comedy store. And I brought a I brought a little podium up, uh, a little music stand, and I had all these bits, like all these bits written out. And I kind of said, I'm going to try this whole thing. And I ran this whole hour, and it really went great. So I went back, and I talked to Comedy Dynamics, who recorded the album with me, and we rented a little rehearsal studio. I invited all the parents from my kids' school, and I ran it twice. And we cut it into like a 50-minute album, and so it's coming out. But yeah, I had just written it kind of in a void. Because he couldn't go up, you know, people get up on stage and polish the thing, but I couldn't do it. So I kind of wrote it out, and then I just let it fly that night, and all the parents showed up. And they hadn't been out in a year either, and they got wrecked. (laughs) It was like playing to a high school drunk prom. They were lunatics, and I was like, you people have children. What are you doing? They were so drunk because they hadn't been out in public in over a year. And we, we got a chance to record the album, and it was super fun and cathartic after that, like, lockdown. We had all been vaccinated, and then we just kind of all hung together. We had, like, 50, 60 people in the room and, and, and recorded the show, and it came out superb. It was super fun. So, yeah, it comes out on iTunes uh, September 17th. September 17th, one month from today. Now, Jamie, I have to mm-hmm. ask you this question, because this is something that I just – I heard in the street, as they say. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever mentioned on the uh, interviews on television. I, I did not see it. 
But the reason Tacoma FD is Tacoma FD, the reason that it takes place in Tacoma, uh, is it true that it has to do with the fact that nothing ever catches fire because it's always raining in Tacoma? That is absolutely true. I think that's phenomenal. What a great line. (laughs) Nothing ever catches fire, but yet you have a fire department. That was the joke. (laughs) Too damn. So the networks were reaching out to Lenny and Heffernan to go, hey, we'd love a premise for a show. I forget some of the other premises, but he told me some of the other premises. And they were super complicated and stuff. And uh, they, they were trying to just go, what's the simplest boiled down premise that we can think of? And I don't know which one of them, but one of them said, a fire department in the rainiest city in the United States. <laughs> and the network was like, sold. And that was <laughs> it. That was it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, even I'm like, God, that's a brilliant. That is absolutely is. a brilliant premise. Yeah. There's just so much to do. It's like, well, they're not, it's great because they're, they're not really fighting a lot of fires, but they got to find other things to do. So it, it's funny too. This season gets crazier and crazier and crazier. It's funny though. They, here's what they do to me though. They love the fact that I have red hair. I don't know if you saw the episode where my face was put on the baby. Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. They superimpose my face onto it. So we'll have to put a, a picture up somewhere. It's one of the scariest things that's ever, ever been shown anywhere. They took a child and they superimposed my ginormous, crazy, scarred face onto this poor baby and showed it. And so he, the baby, that's how they know that I was the father of the kid because Lemmy, <laughs> Panisi, is sleeping with my wife and then my wife gets pregnant. And then they're like, oh, it's Panisi's baby and he's getting ready to have a baby. And then it turns out they, they, they pull the baby out and they show it and it's my face with like red hair. <laughs> and, they, and, and Lemmy's like, yeah, not my kid. <laughs> super, super crazy funny. So every time I go, listen, I'm getting older. I'm not the redhead I once was. I'm, I'm salt and ketchup at this point. It's really, it's like white with some paprika sprayed on. There's very little, very little orange left. So every time I go, they try to dye my hair. They go, we're going to orange you up. And I go, all right, man, whatever. Because with those guys, you just go like, yeah, man, whatever you want. So they, the woman puts this foam dye in my hair tries to make it red i'm looking at it i go that ain't red you know and all of a sudden i go i see what coming i get the set and everyone's like uh your hair's purple dude and i'm like i know it i know it is and they're like no it'll work it'll work it'll work and the whole time people doing their lines to me can barely keep a straight face they have dyed my hair purple because she couldn't get red apparently because red's a pretty tough dye i think and so I just, I hung with Lemmy like a couple of weeks ago and I said, well, how did it come out? Does it look okay? They, were, they would always say, it'll look okay on camera. And I go, ah, whatever. And he goes, no, no, it looks terrible. It's bright purple. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're fixing my hair in post. Oh, the they computer, are man. going to colorize the Ooh. film to make my hair not be purple, but I'm terrified to see it because it looked awful. I was like, this is ridiculous i look like an idiot this well, is speaking of lucy you might have that bright impossibly red hair that they gave her when they colorized her so right there you go. That, it's crazy it's so true. i thought the same thing but yeah and then it kind of reminded me like you know when you see older people who dye their hair yeah oh, it makes God. me laugh when i see like uh, keith richards with black hair or somebody the, yeah, like, the dude, black, black hair dye after <laughs> what are you doing just, yeah. just what are you doing you, you look like knows. barnabas collins what's <laughs> happening here dude get back in your coffin you look crazy 
<laughs> why can't we just age and and let our hair go white and be like Seymour Cassell where you got the big white hairdo going? Yeah, so I don't know. So every time I go back, they try to color my hair. So next time I go, I'm just going to go to a professional and get my hair colored before I do the show. Bam. Oh, Jamie, I will tell you one good thing, Catherine, my lovely wife who's here with us uh, today. She and I were sitting at a doctor's office once down in Florida. And this is about uh, 10 years ago, probably something like that, maybe a little longer than that. But the clarinet player for Frank Sinatra's orchestra was in there uh, getting some kind of tune-up or whatever. He probably was about 90, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I looked over, and he had brown sideburns, white hair Mm -hmm. around the outside of his head, and then a gray toupee on top of that. So it was a really good look, Jamie. Really so, good so luck. things could be worse. So it could be, it worse. Could be exactly. worse. It was a rare genetic disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it's called trifollicle. Uh, yes. yes. Ooh, Jamie, you're gonna have to use that word on the show. Trifollicle. Andy. Trifollicle. He oh, looked like a, a, a three-layered cake or a, a snowman did. with a yarmulke. He has follicular trichromia. I'll have you know. Oh, is that what it is? Follicular trichromia. He's making it up. I made it up. But I know he's using real words. That sounds real. Good. Honestly, uh, I, 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 I see there, there was my half point IQ. It just went up. Did you feel it? <laughs> just went up. Half point. It. it might be an artificial fact, but it's a fact nonetheless. So, Jamie, is there ever a day when you don't have fun? Oh, my God. Was, Are you kidding me? He was homeschooling. Yes. <laughs> I just vacate. Okay. So, you know, you know, oxymorons, right? Like military intelligence and jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Uh, so the last two weeks, my favorite, this is my favorite oxymoron now is vacation with kids. Uh, There's no such thing. No, it it's a trip. It's a family trip. Yeah. It's a trip. It's not a. We go back. Finally, the her, my wife's whole family goes back to uh, my uh, her father's house, and uh, you know the guy keeps it at 66 degrees. It's a meat locker. He's got a dog, and I was like, "Hey, can we kennel the dog? I have allergies." He's like, "No, can't kennel the dog. My house, my rules." And then. It was a disaster. Well, 14 of us were in a house, oh, a, like a childhood God. home with one shower. It was, oh, uh, why this is what I'll tell you. So thing? my daughter turned eight. So for her birthday, we took her to the Jersey, Jersey Shore to one of those like arcades, you know, in the, and little amusement parks sure, or whatever. And sure. she loses her mind or something. So I take my, my six-year-old. She, we get there. And my sister-in-law, right out of the chute, takes her into the arcade to the whack-a-mole game. Uh, I don't I hate the the arcades are they're the worst things on earth, right? They're terrible. They're yeah. just money sponges. So my daughter wins. The little six-year-old wins whack-a-mole. So all of a sudden, they've created a gambling addict <laughs> all day. She won like a little stuffed animal. Has no concept of money. All day. We're on ride. She goes, well, I want to go back to the arcade. Why can't we go to the arcade? <laughs> well, all day. Losing her mind. So finally, at the end of the day, we go back. She goes, she's sobbing so hard. I take her to the arcade. And they have the claw. She won't play anything in the arcade. She wants this one stuffed animal no. in, the ar- in the claw game. And you know, you know it's mm. never coming out. No. It's, it's a rigged. claw game. It's, rigged. it's rigged. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she makes me do it. Everyone's like, you got to do it. I go, all right. So we have four guys. Each guy gets on opposite side of the cage, and we, we line it up so specifically. Get your laser level out. We laser level out the thing. <laughs> and do we see? She goes, I want that one. It's in the middle, Daddy. <laughs> claw goes over. I lower the claw. It picks it up perfectly. Yeah. Everyone in the place is clapping. There's like 20 people watching this. It pulls it up. 
It starts mm-hmm. to move towards the hole oh. and drops it. Yeah, yeah. That's the rig. Sobbing. I'm about to put my fist through the window of this thing. <laughs> I'm screaming, this is a con! This is a con! <laughs> <laughs> <Why you suck? laughs> my family, you got to do it, Jamie. Make me do it again. Again, we line it up, we pick it up, three tries at it. Each time, picks it up, moves like two inches, and drops it. And I'm like, I am infuriated. (laughs) She's sobbing, inconsolable. They just buy her a really nice stuffed animal from, like, the aquarium. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want anything else. She wants that one (laughs) in the piece of, I'm going to kill somebody. I am really (laughs) about to lose my mind. I'm exploding. We finally strap her into the car. She's screaming. We're driving back. On the way back to the house, we hear an ad for the arcade. It's called Jenkinson's. I don't know if you know. It's like, Jenkinson's Arcade! Down at the Jersey Shore. And their slogan is, putting smiles on kids' faces for 90 years. (laughs) And I look in the back in the rearview mirror, and my kid is like, sobbing uncontrollably (laughs) in the chair. And I'm like, no. No, you're making kids cry for about 90 years, jackass. You got to stop what you're doing. So, yeah, we have oh, horrible. I have kids. I have horrible days. Horrible days. I have horrible days because I have kids. That's nice, Jamie. That's very nice. I had great days until the kids. I mean, listen, we have good days with kids. But let's face it. They're like, uh, you know, the tendrils of your own emotion. And they are pain. It's pain. It's painful. It's painful. I had a, I, out of the 14 days, we were so cramped in the house. Out of the 14 days... There were only two days I slept alone in a bed. I had an eight-year-old kicking me all night. I'm, I was, like, exhausted after two weeks. Uh-huh. No. That's parenthood, right? Yes, well, is. Jamie, I will tell you, on this show, we have uh, Melissa and, and Ralph, and Melissa is, is married to our son, Andy. Our daughter, Alex, is here. My lovely wife, Catherine, is here. So the entire family's here. It does get better, Jamie. Oh, and Andy and Melissa are having a baby yes. in November, in so November, yeah. you're welcome. On what, you expect. <laughs> on what you expect. Now you know what's coming from Jamie Kaler. That's the good. That's the You're going to hear homeschool. You're going to hear about how Claire had spiders in her bed. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. You're going to hear an appendectomy story, my wife's social media addiction. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Oh, a social media addiction. I want to hear about that. Boy, the, I, stay, I stay as far away from that stuff as I can get, believe yeah. me. Oh, God. We should. It's killing us all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I do, you know, I'm in my. 50s and i have two little kids and uh that's like a big run of the album because and i knew i was too old to have kids because one day i was watching um lethal weapon sure and danny glover's character sergeant murtaugh he is retiring from his lifelong career and he keeps saying i'm too old for this blank yeah. right and uh i'm six years older than him <laughs> Same page. Just so we are on. And here's how I know I'm too old to have kids because the other night I was watching Lethal Weapon. See, either. Yeah. Oh. It's from 1986. It's a really old movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I think I may have waited a little too long in life to have to I have don't kids. Think, I no, think you're mature enough now, now to handle it. Yeah, that's true. It, that's the problem. Anyway. It is too late now, pal. That's, what the, did, is my wife, is my wife in the studio? Yeah, your wife, my wife, they're all here, Jamie. They're all here. Nah, they were, it was fun. Though. We, you know, we did the beach. We, we did New York City. I took, I took my daughter to MoMA. We took her to the mm-hmm. Metropolitan, uh, the Mister, History Museum from Night of the Museum. Mm-hmm. That, that museum. Sure, sure. Um, walked around, you know, it was only 100 degrees and 100% humidity, and uh, she made it two blocks, and then I carried her for the rest of the day. Oh, of course she did. Uh, 
But I get a great workout. <laughs> and we bought uh, we bought twelve dollar ice creams in Central Park next to a homeless man, and uh, she saw rats. There were tons of rats in Central Park, and she's like, "Oh!" And she started chasing to catch the rats. I go, "Don't, don't touch the rats! What are you doing? Don't touch! Don't touch the rats in Central Park!" Yeah, does she know about bubonic plague? Yeah. Probably a good idea to yeah. stay away from those. <laughs> yes, you know. And by the way, it's uh, somebody they found it again, right? You yep. guys know. Yep. Recently, they found it in a chipmunk or something or other, didn't they? Oh God, that's all we need. What next? <clears throat> no, this is going. What next? Every day, don't you wake up and go, "What next?" That's <laughs> for real. Everyday slogan. What next? Yeah, who knows? Just like the idea of opening the newspaper, bubonic plague back. Ah. Uh, Again? Again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it all works out. In the end. And even with the if the bubonic plague came, half the country would be like, yeah, it's about time we had that back. And half <laughs> the other country would be like, what? We don't want that thing. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> That's true. We're 50-50 split on whether we like it or not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'll talk wonderful. to people and they'll go, well, how do you feel first so I can decide how I feel yeah. about this event? <laughs> I feel whatever the opposite is that yeah. you feel. Yeah. yeah. I felt like we needed an argument right here, and I was wondering how you felt about it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get serious here, but for about 10 seconds, is it going to affect television comedy, this whole cancel culture thing? Because you can't say anything anymore. We just talked about it. So I'm supposed, yeah, I'm this, yeah, I'm this lascivious, like, sleazebag character in this movie, you know? And so yesterday, I'm doing the script, and then he goes, you know, take one for yourself and just improvise. And so when we're improvising, all of a sudden, I went I went a little blue. You know, I'm on a big yeah. R-rated movie, and I said some words I probably shouldn't have said. And uh, and as soon as I those words came out of my head, I would have never thought twice about it. But in the back of my head, I was like, oh, somebody filming this. Is this going to be in a three-minute clip that cancels me? Right. I don't want to get canceled. I'm, I'm acting. I'm in a character. But nowadays, you can't. You know, you can't play anything like, I don't know. I think it's going to swing back. I think Rogan and those guys and they're speaking out so much about cancel culture. It's really getting it's just ridiculous, man. Can we all just laugh at ourselves? It's crazy. Nobody it can take a joke anymore. No, it's true. You're absolutely right. I'm a victim. I'm so hurt by what you said. It's like, come on, really? I know. So, I know. Um, so, Jamie, I just took a poll uh, in the uh, in the studio, and all six of us agree that you should probably come back, like, every day and do the show. <laughs> Dude, I'm moving there. That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move there. New life. Uh, we 33 take, minutes. We take you. Absolutely. <laughs> Jamie Gale. Heartbeat. Yeah, I would, still, I got to reach out to Acme. If you know people at Acme, make a call. I'll come out there, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get it on, man. We do. I, well, actually, we do know them very, very well, and anytime you want to come, let me know. You're in. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you guys are awesome. I and it's funny. They call. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Because I actually I was shooting all morning, and they have. A, I'm in like one of the green rooms on set, like locked in. And I go, no, no, I'm in. I'll be there. Oh, screw Paul Anka. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a big week coming up. Uh, Tacoma FD premieres September 16th. Of course, Captain Polanski. Aftermath is already the number two movie on Netflix. You got Breast Cancer Bucket List coming in September. You're currently uh, shooting Stealing Jokes, but on September 17th, Homeschool comes out. September's a huge month for you, pal. I know. I know it's my birthday week, too, man. Oh. I'm going to be a, I'm gonna be 84 years old. 84. <laughs> you and Paul Anka. It'll be unbelievable. You've aged well. You've aged yeah, well. it's kind of nice. That's why I want, you know, it's, you know. 
can't we all get along? Let's get this thing behind us and let's just move on and get back to the business of having fun in life, right? Yes. We look forward to seeing you in town, Jamie, and thank you so much. Love the show. Love love your work anyway, man. It's great talking. You guys rock. I'll see you soon, and thank you so much for having me on. I love it. It's our great pleasure, sir. Thanks. Jamie Kaler, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dan Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender you all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep mike's latest incredible deal is on the giza dream sheets which you've heard me rave about before that's for sure these sheets are made from the world's best cotton giza they are ultra soft and breathable yet extremely durable right now the giza dream sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We love it. Oh my gosh, I cannot handle this. What? School supplies list for a kindergartner. I'm like blown away at how much crap. Well, I don't remember when we were in grade school, it's like pencil, pencil box, notepad. No trapper keepers! No trapper keepers. <laughs> What's a trapper? Keeper? I don't know. Still to this day, I don't know what a trapper was, keeper is, uh, but bold. You hate them. It was bold a kind type. of uh, no folder, trapper keepers. I think. Uh, every single page. Tra- no trapper keepers. Trapper keeper <laughs> was, like a was a binder, but it was like padded and it had all these pockets in if it. You had a trapper yeah, keeper. A trapper your teacher keeper. would hate your guts. It was like, have you ever seen you, <laughs> you know those like, the the CD cases that I have, like uh, that I put all my yeah. old games in? It's like that, but for but paper for, instead of CDs. Yeah, oh. I don't it's know. A, in elementary school, 
trapper keepers or the devil. I totally well, had a trapper okay, no, no. keeper. The devil spawn. The difference trapper between keepers. Sage's school supply list and Fawn's well, is he's, hilarious. Well, he's, Why does he even have a school? Yeah. Well, because he needs he's to bring preschool. he needs to bring a box of Kleenex for the classroom. Yeah. A box of band aids for the classroom. Mm. Uh, napkins for the classroom. Like everything's for everyone. What is he the quartermaster of his preschool? <laughs> and he pretty much. Um, yeah, everything's like to share with everyone for the full yeah. year because you know in a preschool classroom you go through yeah, a box for some of reason tissues our school districts cannot give people uh, can't get give the schools tissues probably and probably not legally allowed to something i don't know it's insane and then he needs to bring for himself a water bottle mm, yep. that's it well yeah because <laughs> oh, you can't write you can't like, read he already has that you know it's like what are you going to do what are you going to use with a pencil when you're I'm three years not old not crayons he didn't have to bring his own crayons have, no there's no crayons there's no glue like for fun we had to bring like a glue stick glue. when i was a kid i had to do my own crayons and my yeah, own glue and, and stuff, stuff. Yeah. but i think she had a lot of stuff to buy for school i think fawn's class has a lot over from leftover from last year and she mm-hmm. so she's like you don't need to bring like we just went to his orientation yesterday and didn't say anything about it. Anything. I don't remember having to bring much for preschool. No. No. preschool but like no. kindergarten, I had to have all my yeah, own kindergarten, stuff. kindergarten, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Gotta get your own crayons, stuff. markers, pencils, erase markers, whiteboard eraser, pencil eraser, Why don't they just take this list, they order it wholesale, put them into little bundles. Exactly. Here, That's here, what I would well, do. Here, here's your $20 bill. Yeah. Here's all the stuff that you want. What, it's what, not what $20. Is this? It's 60 apparently, because a lot of schools do this thing where it's, yeah, it's like a wholesale site where you, they send you the link, and then you just click on what classroom your mm-hmm. kid's in, and then it just Oh, orders so- everything and then it ships in a box to their classroom and it's just on their desk on the first day that makes sense which That's is really like nice. but it's so like, much smarter it's so smart but it's like 60 dollars apparently sure. for you everything. think you can do better Efficiency. doing this running around all yourself no it's definitely not ever? no it's definitely not but her school doesn't offer that oh yeah. so far anyway maybe they do for first through it was eight, just a trip to target and got everything that's there what we're and doing. Went. i remember well and i, I just remember said, going to school I, shopping every year I sent the Dan, schools uh, target always had lists of everything that the district wanted them to have well so i just got the you didn't list. have to wait so, so i got so the list what we pay some everybody wants more <clears throat> money going into education and we get we spend, keep putting more money in education more money why are we buying stuff this is another tax it is true. Why, why are we why are we buying this well, stuff? Well, apparently right. the You're teachers right. the teachers put a lot of money in for yeah. their classroom supplies as well. Teachers yeah. spend oh, yeah, a lot of money. The district doesn't supply. They spend tons of money. Even though per student spending has gone up pretty much every year in the past century, it's, and it's one it's of the highest admin. in the world, actually. People think that America doesn't fund our schools, but we're like number three in the world for per student spending. Oh, I know, but, but that's we what have, we do in America. And we have to buy. Yep, and we pencils can't afford pencils. For this. Mm-hmm. We can't afford a, a box. I know. Well, she uh, doesn't. She's not going to. A, she's not even going to a public school. She's going to a private school. It makes you wonder where all the money's that makes, going. Well, that makes more sense then. Yeah. It's called yeah. administration. Right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it might be called that. Yeah. Well, well, private so, schools aren't funded by by the state. Yeah, no, so, no, yeah. Makes, no, so makes no, no sense. Yeah. Increase the tuition, tuition and buy the supplies. Yeah. Let's move on. Exactly. That's what I said. I this was is like, a bunch of, this is BS. Right. I, know. I was like, can we just put it in the tuition and just have it there ready? Well, it's like one of my favorite government inefficiencies is the fact that you have to put a stamp on envelopes in order to send things to the government. Why <laughs> does the government just put the postage on the envelope 
And that way they don't have to ship stamps out. You buy the stamp, you put it on, you ship it back to them. Yeah, It's, it's a very simple little thing that would probably save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. We don't want that. But it's just not something that anyone thinks about in government because they're too yeah. busy worrying about dumb crap. Yeah, anytime you get a bill or like something you have to send back to the IRS or yeah, any of that, you it. have to postage it. Yeah. So every stamp, I mean, how many people in the United States, you know, send something to the IRS every year? It's got to be like 200 million people. Well, it's 200 you file million electronically stamps. most of the time. Well, uh, I mean, but like it updating depends. your information. I mean, some things they won't let you do. Electronically. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they don't let you do online. I just like to call them and go, "Why don't you leave me alone?" And then just hang up. <laughs> yeah, they won't do that. Believe me, it ain't well, gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, what I love is, is give us all your social security information, oh, yeah. everything, oh, yeah. and send it through the mail. Oh, yeah. okay. I feel yeah. so secure. Dan has to get a new ID because his ID expires on his birthday. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that too. Which is September fourth, yeah. and so it's the whole real ID thing. But yep. and he oh, just like be prepared. he tried to go, no he tried <laughs> go to go to where we went that place no, was great I, I'm telling a story um, <laughs> oh well pardon me well then oh. he went Snap. to the place that we always go for everything and they were like oh we're only taking appointments <laughs> yep mm-hmm. and so everywhere he is only had to still go oh, home God. and make an appointment and he has to go and he's like he's flying. Five days after his birthday, so he's like, the I need real, to get this sorted out. The real ID. No, but his ID t- will be expired. Oh, it expires mm. on his birthday, and they but they'll, give him, they'll, they'll give him a temp. Card. He gets a temp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll give him a piece of paper that's basically yes. an ID. Yeah, but he's like, I just like to get this sorted through before. Well, they that. told yeah. they told me at the real ID place. I brought what we had, you had to have birth certificate, yep. a passport. Oh yeah, uh, yep. I mean yeah, like everything. All you would things. think that you were getting. Security clearance for the government, yeah, like big time. Being put in prison. Well, Dan is, like, and yeah. uh, they told me that my passport, since it was stolen many years ago, even though I had it replaced with another passport with another number, because I had one stolen, that I it wasn't going to work. What? And I'm like, how so, do I get an ID? Uh, I would have had to get. You I don't know, remember. There's no something passport? else I could get. I don't remember what it was. And all of a sudden. In the mail, there came my real Oh, ID. that's right. I remember oh. that. You got it anyway. After oh. telling me that it failed, I got a letter saying it failed. You're not going to get one. You're okay. going to have to reapply and bring right. in, you know, 45 right. different pieces of ID rather than two or oh, three. We yeah. have a government stooge on the phone. Well, and, we gotta, uh, we gotta take a break. and all of a sudden, I got oh, it in do? the mail. So yeah, they can call don't right ask at the beginning me. of the next break. A couple uh, of minutes. Hopefully. Can you call back at the next break? We'll have Kristen on, but you can. Uh, we can squeeze you in, Dave. Sounds good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, we only got 30 seconds, so let me... And by the way, this I don't mean this in a derogatory manner. I just want to make it very clear. But uh, Barbara Streisand's making a comment about A Star is Born that she shot... She thought... Well, it was just like the same as the movie we made in 1976, so why did they bother to make it? They show a picture of Barbara Streisand. And again, this is not an insult. It Bab- just is true. Babs. Babs, you know who she looks just like now? And I'm not, I, again, this is not derogatory in any way. She looks just like. Well, I wonder if I can find out by looking at her. <laughs> Probably not. No, 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 I don't think so. You ready? It looks exactly like Harpo Mark. <laughs> I'm not, and that's, I'm not derogatory. I'm not insulting her. She does. She looks just like Harpo. Harpo is a handsome man. Exactly. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with part two. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. 
April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the motor sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. You tell me that you're super fine, my funky one. Catherine's singing along. I'm a funky one. Are you a funky one, honey? That's, that's great. That's not, that word now just is just so funky. Yeah. <laughs> funky. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, funky. I don't far, know far why. Out. <laughs> a little far out action. What are some of those, man? There's like groovy, groovy, funky, far out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my dad said Dullsville the other day. Dullsville. <laughs> He's 95 years old. I'm like, old I'm bringing back Dullsville. <laughs> He's 95 when? October? October 8th. October 8th. There you go. Yep. 95. Right Holy God. He's be 95 years old. Thanks for the longevity. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no? You're not going that route? No. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a very special guest in studio with the family. Actually, only... Uh, as far as the adults are concerned, only Dan's missing. Everybody else is here. It's true. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> Indeed. We have a whole family here. Almost. The kids Andy are... and Melissa are going to have their first baby oh in my two God. months. Alex has got two kids, five and three. Yeah. <clears throat> they were... Oh, i got to tell you this story. Very good. You, I think you'll like this story. Alex's son is three years old, right? Okay. He called, they, both her kids call, call me Bop Bop and her Nana. 
Adorable. So, you know how that when you come up, you get, you get the, that shut is. up. It's adorable. Yeah, personal attack. It's adorable. No, I right. think adorable. it's adorable. He seems sincere. People He's are suspicious of me, but I'm, I'm saying I sincere. feel the sincerity. Sincerely adorable. Yeah. So, anyway, they, we spend a lot of time together with the grandkids and the dad, you know, just like doing that. And you know the deal where you walk up to the little kid and you go, mm-hmm. on like their neck or whatever? Mm-hmm. So he's going to do it. The three-year-old is going to do it to me, right? You see this bite mark on my cheek? <laughs> yeah. He thought he had to bite me in order to do it. I don't think the he's had wolf right? child. He's, he's had wolf But here's my favorite A little part. bit of a grunt one. Yeah. So I'm Bop-Bop. She's Nana. He comes to me the next day and lays his head on my on my knee. And he goes, Bop-Bop, I'm sorry I bit you. I said, no, I, lo- yeah, I understand. You should be sorry you bit me, but I love you dearly. And uh, we'll get through that. And then he goes... <laughs> Nana punched me. <laughs> I said, what? You know, I don't know if I like this story being told all the time. Over and well, over again. Well, the ending is phenomenal. So I said, what? He goes, Nana punched me. And I said, when did Nana punch you? And he goes, two years ago. I said, oh, so when I you were one. Yeah. So now she's punching babies. Wow. Baby puncher. Wow, that's something I've always wanted to yeah. do. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I want to punch you. a baby. Yeah, hey, Brian always wanted to punch his kid. I don't want to punch. Who you got kids? Yeah, yeah, I got one. He's ten. Ten. Yeah. Have you punched him lately? No. You know what? <laughs> he's such a good boy. I really am. Like, I'm so lucky. He's he's a good kid. Follows the rules. What? Expects everybody to follow the rules. Yeah. Nice. Really? Yeah. Brian, Brian, three years. Brian has this adorable story that he tells. Uh, Brian and I bonded uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, years and years and years ago. Um, Were you both in the mafia? Uh, no, but uh, we bonded over. The first thing we bonded over was Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I had all these crazy Tracy Morgan stories that I've told you over the years, and Brian relates an amazing one to me that he witnessed at the comedy club he works at, the Comedy Connection in Providence, when uh, it was an open mic, and Tracy Morgan <laughs> walked in, and apparently there was a kid at the front door with a notebook that was open and tracy morgan walked in looked over saw the notebook grabbed it and threw it out the door and said don't be reading that comedy comes from the heart comic don't be reading that shit comedy comes from the heart and the kid said that was my list of phone numbers he goes i don't care i don't care i'll get you phone numbers comedy i'll give you the phone i'll give you the phone numbers comedy comes from the heart so anyway i love that tracy's a little wound up a little wound up so over the years i come to realize that brian living in new england is a giant fan of the Miami Dolphins. Really? That's yeah. not easy. No, he it's not. Up and up in that in Providence. Uh, yeah. Loves yeah. to wear his Miami oh, no. Dolphins pajamas outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where people in New England regularly throw snowballs oh, at him. Yeah. And yeah. so I I said, Brian, have you ever been to a Miami Dolphins game? He said no. And I said, You're kidding. Okay. Oh God. I said, Phenomenal. Brian, I'm going to book a show in Miami. And I'm bringing you with me as my opening act. Nice. And we're going to go to Miami Dolphins game. What he didn't know is that I contacted the Miami Dolphins and said, hey, I'm coming down and I'm going to be doing some show. I'm going to be doing some press. I invited a bunch of guys from the front office to come to our show and they gave us field passes and I surprised Brian to walk him on the field. Now, I'm bringing that up because it's... Did you faint? I just almost faint did. Dead away. I almost did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He he cried. I cried. <laughs> well, yeah. that I've been down on that yeah. field. It's like my God, these guys are huge. Yeah. And when they're yeah. when they're mm. running, and you're like, 
It sounds like a stampede. It's a little scary down oh, there. Brian, the Brian's downplaying it. He started his period when he went to the <laughs> he, he got so emotional. And and then this amazing thing happens where the guy who gives us the field passes says, Oh my God, Miami Dolphins legend. Dan Marino is here. He said Ooh. he never comes to games anymore. He hasn't been to a game in years. Oh, so, you were coming, Brian. Yeah, they, I, they got the notes. And I said, well, can we go and say hi to him? He said, well, let me ask. He's, he, let me just make sure it's okay. He talks to Dan, and he says, yeah, come on over, guys. We talked to Dan for a while. We get a picture with him. A year later, we go to another game. We go on the field. Dan Marino is on the field again. Really? It's the only two games he's been to in years. So I'm bringing all this up because Brian's son – Asked him a question that a lot of children will ask their parents. Yeah, my, my son asked me if, if the day that he was born was the greatest day of, of my life. Because, because my my ex, my ex told him that that was the greatest day of her life. Okay. So he just thought it was the greatest day of my life. So when he asked me, I told him no. <laughs> it's a close second. Well, yeah, and then I told him the Dan Marino story. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then he asked if it was the, if, if the day that he was born was the second greatest day of my life, and I said no. The other time, that was the other time. Dan Marino. I mean, I've been a parent a little longer than you. My suggestion is you just lie a little bit, just a little bit. No, I, I like to have a nice open relationship with my son. Brian Bowden doing the shows with me in New Hope Cinema Group. <laughs> Awful parent, great comedian. And Brian, I got to tell you, and this is I'm very sincere about this. I have never met a person from Providence, Rhode Island, I didn't like. Oh. I know many people from Providence, and I love Paul Which is Mercurio. Weird, I mean, all, what, a hundred of you? I don't know. There's yeah. yeah, a hundred yeah. people in Rhode Island. There's a hundred people in Rhode Island. <laughs> well, Michael Bryant, did, Michael Bryant was born in Providence, so there you go. Paul Mercurio. I know, it's when weird. When he tells his stories, oh my God, he talks about his, about his cousin. Oh, Jesus. Well, I think it's because like New England has a lot going for it, but there's also a lot of arrogance. But if you're from the smallest state in New England, mm. then it's like you got to be a little bit humble. So, great people. They seriously, they are. I, I really like. We them. try. We try. We're stuck. We're stuck between New York and Boston. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Made a huge mistake once, though, Brian. Okay. I know it's hard to believe. I've known you for ten minutes. And you know <laughs> I make mistakes already. But I, uh, my boss at, uh, well, when ABC owned the radio station, <clears throat> my boss. Uh, Invited us to his house, and he was living uh, where? Oh, New Canaan. He was at the time because he's based in New York now, right? New Canaan, Connecticut. Yes, sir. Okay. Beautiful town, by the mm-hmm. way. Oh, the one thing I should mention before I move on from New Canaan is, uh, we go to the the diner, and there's a, a Spanish woman in the diner, right? And she's working there. I said, God, what do you know? There's not only white people here, and the owner goes, She doesn't live here. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, pardon me. She was like, God. That is definitely Connecticut for you. So in any case, we go to the dinner and all that stuff, and I meet, Mitch is my buddy. He was my boss at the time. He goes, I got to introduce you to my wife. She's the greatest. He introduces his wife, and, you know, I said, well, where are you from? She goes, Providence, Rhode Island. I said, oh, man, that's very, very cool. Are you a patriarcha? And she goes, Yes. Well, <laughs> like, uh, hi, good to see you. I was very polite to her from that moment on, I will yeah. tell you that. Yes, I am a patriarcha. Wow. For people who don't know, the real head of the whole shooting match is the patriarcha family. They always, always think it's like, you know, 
Gambinos or whatever. The patriarchs, they, they answer to the patriarchs every one it's of them. It's a very mm-hmm. aptly named family, then. Mm-hmm. Yes. What a yeah. name for that. Yeah. I just remember that one time that I came to Providence and did some shows, and I got booked on a on a AM station with a guy named Buddy Cianci. Yeah, the Prince of Providence. The Prince of Providence. <laughs> the Prince of Providence. He was the mafioso tied yeah. uh, mayor. Yeah. Mayor or governor? He was the mayor. He was they the mayor of Providence. Total ties to everybody. And the owner really? of the club was Eek. like, you're you're doing Buddy Cianci. He said, oh my God, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to get a suit. And I said, it's just radio. And he goes, no, you got to wear a suit around Buddy. <laughs> really? And, uh, and then come to Ooh. find out, you Google that guy's name and... Man, does that guy have a history as mayor showing up at people's houses to th- to threaten them? It, it was Whoa, it was yeah. insane. But he also was credited with cleaning up the city. Yeah. So there was this mixed real bag yeah. of yeah. He ended up in prison twice. I right? think so. Yeah, like they, like, yeah. There was a whole. They have a whole documentary about him. Oh, the Prince you know of Providence. what? There's a waitress that worked at the comedy club. I can curse on here, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a waitress that works at the comedy <laughs> club, who told me, like once I did his show, I started asking. I go, I didn't realize that this guy Buddy was such a big deal. And a waitress at the comedy club said, Oh my god, oh yeah, that guy. I used to work at an Italian restaurant, and he showed up, and I and I he I waited on his table, and at the end of the night, I gave him his check. And as I turned around, he said, the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) About the check. About the check. That is the most mafioso thing I've ever heard in my life. The fuck is this? Oh, I thought you would pay for your meal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dinner tonight and I'm going to do that. Good luck. Let me know how it goes. I'll be seeing you on on Care 11 tonight. (laughs) I didn't try to walk out on her bill. But he came to the show to see Craig that weekend. That's right. And then from there, he started coming to the club more often and became a fan of mine, which was really funny. (laughs) The idea of this guy loving me. Did you wear a suit when you were on stage? No, I didn't wear a suit. I don't don't own pants. I only wear shorts year-round. I'm that guy. Wasn't there a story that he heard? That when he was mayor, he heard a rumor that someone was trying to uh, flirt with his wife. Oh, God. And he he went to the guy's house with the police, with the Providence police. Oh, for a flirt? R- or, or there was a rumor they might have been having an affair, and oh. he, he went to the guy's house. Well, and yeah, there, Completely a, understandable. Oh, there, yeah, showed up with the police. I think Byrne put a cigarette on the guy. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So once I hear this story, you know, I'm doing voices on fans. Family Guy and American Dad, and I uh, Seth MacFarlane is from Providence, right? And then I relate to him at some point, like, hey, I just did Providence, and I heard about Buddy Cianci, and he had mentioned, he goes, well, that's the name of the school in my show, the Buddy Cianci Middle Real? School, yeah. And I didn't know that, I didn't notice it, Buddy Cianci. Oh yeah, this guy. Uh, he's, he's dead now, so we're all safe. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Buddy's dead. Yeah, he's, he's, dead. he's dead now. He's we're all dead. safe. Yeah. He's dead. What do you die of? Old age. Good question. Being yeah. Buddy Cianci. So he's yeah. like 29? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for the mafia. That is nice. such a solid mafia joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Made it all oh, the way to 29, solid, man. He was special. He was good. Solid mafia joke. <laughs> good egg. God <sighs> must love him. He lived almost 30. Yeah. 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 He should make the oh, 74, actually. 
What's that? He managed to make it to 74. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Buddy Cianci. Maybe I'll just steal the name now. Buddy Cianci on the KQ Morning Show. <laughs> I got a question. This is, uh, when I when I do this, this is my chance to interview Tom and ask him questions. Oh, oh I'm in him. trouble. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in your marriage, have there been times when you've come home from a broadcast and not realized you said something? That is like, can we talk about something you said on the air? Today. That's a great question. Today? <laughs> Charity said, can you stop talking about my I punched a baby story? Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a conversation later over a salad. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, exactly. <laughs> the beginning of this broadcast is going to come up later. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh. No, you, you don't do that much, do you? <laughs> no, it used to be worse. I used to get these phone calls. Tom said this about you, and I'm like, oh, yeah. so, and then I, then he'd come home, and I'd say, so I heard you said blah blah blah. And he'd no. like, I never said that. So I was like, it's just going to be useless Other to people... try and confront him on what he said. He, either he's going to lie, mm-hmm. or people also kind of make stuff up. Sure, they, they do. Sorry, <laughs> they just shit Other people will make it sound. Worse. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no doubt yeah. about it. Other people mm-hmm. will always make it sound worse than it really is. So yeah, I always like it. I'm like at the dentist or something. Then I'm just like, oh, I heard your dad talking about you on the air. It's like, well, a that was at seven o'clock in the morning. I wasn't awake yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So much. And B, I don't listen to every episode of my dad's show. Mm. And C, you're my dentist. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time, though. Right. Oh no, people always. People always used to like your your dad mentioned you on the show today. I'm like, yeah, I'm and sure his daughter he did. Does. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm my whole life. Cool. Ooh, you know what? Here's a question for the kids. Uh, what is the oddest thing you didn't expect to come up that someone listened to the show brought up to you? <clears throat> hmm, that's a good question. Probably anything from our childhood. Yeah. <clears throat> They're talking about like, oh, I remember when you were born. Oh, yeah. Everybody like, remembers okay. when you're both born. That's yeah. true, yeah. A little odd, but okay, that's fine. I don't remember any specific moments of, like, somebody bringing up something weird to me. Because when you were, like, when the KQ show was in its heyday, we were really young. We were very young, yeah. So I don't remember. I mean, the, when, the rate, when every... did the ratings peak? Like, late 90s? No, probably. Oh, well, they, I mean, they, we had a 30 share until about that 20 years insane. ago. Yeah. Yes, it is. That is, it that is insane. Oh, I've been working in radio for over 25 years. And to give you some perspective, when Howard Stern was <clears throat> the king of radio in New York, he was the king of radio with a six share. Right. Yep. <laughs> a six share. That was 6% of the market was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Howard Stern dominated with in New York. 6% of the market. So to be in a market, a major market with anything over a 10 share is almost unheard of. You had a f- one a third of the radios yeah. on in Minneapolis were listening to your show. Yeah, that is an weird. insane you get like- offered everything at that point. For everybody, every music artist, yeah. every whatever advertiser. I mean, oh, a lot is, of great comedians yeah. showed up on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Kinison. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Well, I'm just thinking, like, I, I know Kinison. Like all, the, like for me as a comedian, it's it's that history of like I want to know what I know that these guys came on your show. I asked you about Kinison, and sure enough, you said yeah. Yeah. Kinison yeah. used to come in all the time. Did he come in high? And like hungover. Or, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, he did. And then for the kids, does he bring these crazy people home? No. 
No, that's not true because AOL started coming on the podcast. We, we, we started the podcast out, out of our, our, uh, our house. Level, our our house. house. Yeah. Yeah. So they would all come over to the house. Mm-hmm. I think. And then I'm like, I don't. Sorry. But yeah, no, a lot of these guys are a little unsavory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, some of the comedians that would come through, it's what just like. What are you like, talking about? There were a couple of them where it's like, uh. Well, even once we I were in the office, you know, we've had, we had comedians oh, yeah. stealing booze and stuff like that. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I had this they did one steal the guy. That is you true. didn't show up for the podcast one day. And so I was like heading up the whole thing. And this guy just smelled horrible. Mm-hmm. It's like BO and old booze. A comedian? Yeah, shock. Can we, can we get Yes, shock. Yeah. shock. And I was like seven months pregnant at the time, oh, yeah. and he was like hitting on me the entire time. No and yeah, way. and then he was like, yeah. I was wondering if you wanted to go to dinner, and I was like, uh what? <laughs> I like them thick. Technically it's a threesome. The name is it a big name comedian? No, no, it was. Uh, uh, I don't know. If I, I, could, I don't even. Know I remember, I remember his, his first name, name but oh, I don't remember yeah, his last. Yeah. Uh, no, what, yeah, yeah, everybody that rolls through the com- comedy circuit isn't, you know. Like well known, yeah. Only like only like one percent of comedians are well known comedians because well, that's, that's just how it works. Yeah. Also, like any other job, I suppose. I will say yeah. that comedy and music and radio have all uh, drifted away from the party lifestyle that used to be more oh, yeah. dominant. Yep. Yeah. 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 Like they don't they don't party as much as they used to. Yeah. 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 Whenever we have a comedian on, they're like. Die. Well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Not, you're, you're, yeah. that's absolutely yeah. right. And also, all of us growing up and watching behind the music yeah. and watching oh, how, yeah. yep. how yeah. those lifestyles end. Yeah. I mean, when's the last like comedian who died young of an overdose that you can like, like a major comedian, can you think of? <clears throat> Good point. Well, Greg Giraldo, unfortunately. Yeah, I oh, Giraldo. I I Greg Giraldo died as the first Greg Giraldo died of an overdose. He had been sober for uh, an insane amount of time. That's right, and he got back on it, right? He got in a fight with his wife. Oh, no. And said, I'm going to show her. And he got, he got uh, some people said, hey, you partying tonight? He was at this place called the Stress Factory in New Jersey. And he said, what do you got? And he, he went out hard that night. And the next morning, he was scheduled to speak at a... Uh, recovery oh, event, God. Oh, and he was—that was the first sign that something was wrong. It's like, oh. hey, where's Craig? He's not here. We wow. need him. And um, they called the owner of the comedy club, and the owner of the comedy club said, uh, "I'll go to the hotel." And he found him. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, he used crazy. to come in all the time. He came into the podcast, came into the morning show. He yeah. always had this deep sadness about him. You could just tell, you know? I feel that from a lot of comedians, which is why oh, yeah. I feel oh, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I feel yeah. like I'm not a real comedian. <laughs> You're not I, sad enough. I need yeah. to be waiting. I love people. <laughs> I like, I'm a very social person, and, you know, like I, I said the other day on your show, I love a good story. I love hearing a good story. I love telling a good story. And But there's so many great comedians who yeah. uh, you can feel... Uh, detachment from them socially, they're awkward socially, mm-hmm. and there's a, a darkness with some of them. And and it's some of my favorite comedians. Chappelle is one guy I will say is above that. Uh, yeah. Chappelle is a, yeah. is a he's living a great life. I saw him a few months ago, and he after his show in Vegas, he rented out this restaurant at Park MGM and invited a couple hundred people to come over. 
And in the middle of the dance floor, he had a microphone stand, and he had a DJ playing his favorite songs, and he just sang to every song <laughs> and doing shots. Yeah, I'd be happy if I was doing that, too. Yeah. 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 Sounds great. Sounds really life. fun. Rough yeah. Life. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the guy's loaded and having a great time. You've had Chappelle on, right? Yeah. I'm hijacking this whole thing, by the way. I'm sorry. Right. No, it's not a problem. A long, long time. He doesn't do much radio anymore. Not anymore, yeah. no. Yeah, he doesn't do it at all anymore. At all he's a funny guy. Jesus. Oh, he's hilarious. Hilarious. I still think, and Big J, I think, uh, co-wrote it with him. But that blind white supremacist man, I don't know if anybody's Big ever... Big J Okerson wrote that? Co-wrote yeah, that? Co-wrote it with Chappelle, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Big J is one of my... Matter of fact, were you ever at my house when we did the show from the house? No, I haven't been to the house yet. No. We, well, we moved out of the house. We lived okay. on the back of an island. It was gated. And it, was a, it was a really did, beautiful Did home. you notice that what, what just happened right there? He said, did you ever come to the house? I go, no, I haven't been there yet. And he said, well, we moved out. We moved out. Well, no, you oh, yeah. seen that. You missed an opportunity. Yeah. I noticed it. I noticed it. Big J, I had never met Big J. This is years ago. Yeah. I, I had never met him. Always admired his work. Like I said, you know, the blind white supremacists are pretty tough to beat that mm-hmm. bit. But he walks in and he's looking around. He's looking around. And the podcast studio was the, the movie theater down on the first floor. We had a movie theater in there. Wow. And that's where we did the podcast from. And he walks in and he's looking around and he goes, what are you, a fucking drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> said, well, no, not quite. But I love Jay. My, great uh, guy. Great the, guy. The first night I ever met Chappelle was a magical night for me. I was, uh, it was actually one of the worst nights of my comedy life. And then turned into one of the most amazing uh, nights overall. But it started out terrible. I had a, a friend, when I first started doing stand-up in Seattle... There was these two basketball players that would come to my shows all the time who played college basketball. One of them, when I got to New York and things started happening for me, and I started working for Howard and writing for Saturday Night Live, a friend of mine, Todd McCullough, got drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. And the first time he came to New York to play the New York Knicks, we all met up for dinner. And it was me and Todd and three of his teammates from the 76ers. And at dinner, we're going to go to dinner and then go to a comedy club. At dinner, his teammates say, so Todd says you're pretty funny. And I said, oh, my God, I am hilarious. <laughs> I am, I, oh, wait till you, wait till you, I'm, I'm overselling this show. I am so, oh, my God, I'm so funny now. Like, Todd remembers me from a few years ago, but I am so funny now. Like, you're going to love me so much. I'm, oh, and they're like, well, we, well this guy sounds, like, look, listen to him, he's so confident. We get to the club, it's called the Boston Comedy Club. And when we walked in, it's a Wednesday night. There are two audience members there. Oh. Two. Two. Oh. And we added my four guests. So now it's, you know what? It's literally what we're in right now. It would be like me pulling this microphone, standing up and going... How are you guys doing tonight? It's, oh, it's, oh it was an awful setup. Mm, do And I ate it. I ate it because it was so uncomfortable. And I walk outside as the next comedian comes on. Our doorman at the time was uh, Bert Kreischer, who's now really successful. So Bert is the door guy. I walk out and I go, Bert, that was... Brutal. That's the worst night I've ever had in my life in stand-up. And he goes, well, dude, maybe we can get uh, uh, Dave Chappelle to come save us. And I said, is Dave Chappelle around here? And he goes, dude, that's Dave Chappelle right there in that Jeep. And this is 1998. Dave Chappelle was famous for being in the movie Con Air. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he also had this amazing uh, bit role in The Nutty Professor. 
But he was known as being this amazing stand-up comedian. I'd seen him a couple times in New York and just thought, oh, my God, that guy's the funniest guy I've ever seen. So I walked over, and I knocked on the window, and he rolled down the window, and I go, Dave, hey, man, my name's Craig Gass. I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I got a couple guys from the Philadelphia 76ers inside. Is there any way we can get you coming into a set? And he said, word? And I said, yeah. Is that, is that, I go, is that okay? And he goes, yeah, man, let me... Um, let me get some smokes. And then he got out of his car, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll see you. And I went to the door, and I'm like, I think he's going to come in. At that moment, six businessmen walked by and said, <clears throat> anybody famous performing? And I said, yes, uh, in about uh, five minutes, uh, somebody really famous is about to go on stage. And I said, oh, you're just trying to take our money. I said, no, no cover. Get in. Come on in. Bert, you don't care, right? And we let the guys in. Now we've doubled our audience. Twelve <laughs> people. We have twelve people. Dave Chappelle walks in and did a 90-minute set oh my God. for 12 people. What? It was amazing. And wow. what was interesting wow. about it is the next guy scheduled to go on stage is a comedian from The Real World Season 2 in Los Angeles. His name is Dave. He's a, a young black kid who's really angry. He actually got thrown off the show of The Real World for pulling a girl's... Um, uh, bed sheets off of her. She was in her bra and panties, and and the whole cast got together to vote him out of the house. And he was this angry dude. He's supposed to go on stage next, oh, and Chappelle's on doing a ninety minute set. And this guy walks up to me and Burton goes, "Uh, nope. You gonna tell this man? You got it. Tom already knows. This guy walks up to us and goes, "You gonna tell this guy to get the fuck off the stage?" And we said, "Um, no. Everybody's enjoying this." And, and he. He decides, I'm going to walk in front of the stage, and I'm going to oh. eyeball him. Oh, no. So he walks in front of the what? stage and, and spreads his arms out like, what's up? Like he walks by him. <laughs> and Chappelle is sitting on a stool. He's smoking a cigarette. You're not supposed to smoke indoors. And he's smoking a cigarette. And he goes, yeah, man, this. Hey, that's the dude from the real world. <laughs> and, and everyone starts laughing. The guy from the real world turns around and shouts out a plug for an independent film that he's in. Mm. Family reunion, Warner Brothers Pictures, September 98. <laughs> it got really quiet, and Chappelle goes, We'll be sure to look out for that. <laughs> and everyone starts laughing, and the guy stops and starts screaming at Dave. He says, hey, oh, it ain't oh, easy God. being a black man in the entertainment business, man. It's hard being black and being in the entertainment business. It's not easy. And Chappelle said, hey, man, I agree. I agree. And you know what? What he's saying is true. It is hard being black and being in the entertainment business. That is true. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it is harder for some more than it is for <laughs> <laughs> this guy was coming at Chappelle with pure hatred oh, in his heart, and he couldn't touch him. He couldn't no. touch him. And then Chappelle gets off stage, walks up to me and says, hey, man, wouldn't it be cool if we get some tickets to the game tomorrow? And I said, I'll ask. I go, hey, Todd, is it okay if Dave gets some tickets? He wants to come, too. And he goes, um, yeah, I'll just put all your tickets together on, under your name. And I said, oh, I love it. Dave, uh, do you mind going with me? And he said, no, man, I'll give you my phone number. And that was where our friendship started. That's great. That's and then Chappelle, a few years later, gets the Chappelle show. And mm -hmm. every time he needed a token white guy in the, in the NBA, <laughs> oh, yeah. he went to my friend Todd yeah. McCullough ah. and used Todd in sketches wow. for the Chappelle show. It was one. amazing. Full circle. Oh, it was That's beautiful. Great. Absolutely beautiful. That's a great Gotta story. Take a yeah. quick two, two and a half minute break. We'll be right back. That's... The stories will not stop, I can promise. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They're upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Brian just told me he will not work if uh, Craig Gas comes back, so we kicked him out. <laughs> and now Brian's got the lead mic, and we're ready to go. All right, good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, good. Thank you, guys. He's ready to go. No, we were just talking about, you know, big guys always get the, hey, we need something moved. Yeah. <laughs> we always get that. Yeah. Can you help me move? Yeah, we, we, we help you move stuff, and then we always get blamed if somebody smells a fart. Do you get that a lot? Oh. Somebody smells one? Well, they just... that's not blame. Okay, oh, no. No, here we go. You ever been to Yellowstone, Brian? The what? You ever been to Yellowstone National no. Park? No. We're going to see Old Faithful, right? Uh-huh. Well, they have these thermal events with all this gas escaping from the earth, and they're, you know... The, 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 the hydrogen sulfide? The hydrogen sulfide. You know what that smells. Oh, yeah. Right? smells. Yeah. There's 200 people on a boardwalk. We're looking at this bubbling, you know, and there's <laughs> mud, and mud and bubbling and all mud kinds of crazy stuff. And a very strong sulfur smell, right? 200 people are standing there. It's quiet. And my wife said, 
Tom, Jesus, did you just fart? <laughs> it got a big laugh. Yeah, it got a huge laugh. From doing a big laugh. That's all that matters. You got that pop. That's all you need. That was good. But uh, something must have crawled up my ass and died if my fart smelled like that. I'm just telling you. Yeah, and Craig's like, what there. the hell? Yeah, I what walked you? in. Uh, like, I opened the door. Like, did you just fart? And I'm like, oh, maybe I should go back up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. Just... No, Catherine accused me at... Uh, Old Faithful of farting, and it turned out to be the sulfur coming out of the earth. But other than that, you know, other than that, everything. It's like if you've ever been to uh, Florida, how the entire state smells all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Because they use that reclaimed water. That reclaimed water. water, I was just in Florida. The water's terrible. They got terrible water. They do have terrible water. Right to Florida. Tell them their water's terrible. Where were you? Uh, we went to Disney. I was in Disney. Oh, that's right. You oh, yeah. took his son. Yeah, my ex, yeah, my ex oh. and me took my son, well, our son, to when Disney was this? for the week. Last week. How oh, was that's it? A shame. Yeah, it was great. Really? really? Did you have to wear oh, a mask? Awesome. It's probably really quiet. Um, Disney, I mean, if you were inside, they wanted you to wear the masks, but okay. other than that, it was pretty <clears throat> We went last year. Oh, really? We went yeah, in March, was, and you had to wear a mask yeah. the entire Not time. Not a good time to wear a mask. Thinking yeah. that the crowds would be low, because we, we all hate standing in line, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like, so last week, horrible. what was like the uh, average wait time for, you know, Buzz Lightyear's... All right, so that was the thing. Zap to the extreme September is the slow season there. Wow. Because everybody goes back to school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody goes back yeah. to school. Wow. September and February are the yeah. two lowest. Only a psychopath would take their kid out of school the first week and bring him to Disney. <laughs> so <laughs> there we were. That's you. Yeah, there I, I was. You. There I was. I get it. The longest wait, we went to the Avatar flight of the, uh, the Banshee Oh, the ride. new one? Yeah, the it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the longest wait. We went there first thing in the morning. How long we was that? An hour. Did you see, that's hour. like what every ride was when oh we went. Oh my won. gosh, it was insane. Yeah. Other than that, no, no, no real big wait times. Wow. It was like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes for the busier rides. Oh, nice. That's you so know, bad. the Jungle Cruise was a longer line just because the movie came out. They just uh, redid that thing. Did Brian they? Got to the do movie. They made it less racist. You got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian got to do the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, the Rise of the Resistance. Oh, did? I did and he that. Got emotional. I cried twice on yeah. the ride. You love that stuff. Yeah, I do. We did the the. What the hell was it? The Millennium, Millennium Falcon, you know, Smuggler's Run or yeah, something like that? Yeah, that was another great that one. That was pretty cool. But, but it, God, the wait. It, it must have been an hour and a half yeah, of a line. It oh. wasn't fun because you need, you need like, oh. a group of four people. That's the other and thing. And they oh, letting yeah. four people in the cabin <clears throat> at the same time. Yeah, so it was like I was steering and she was shooting, but we could only steer. I could only go, like, left and right. <laughs> yeah, you can't well, go up and down. We had a three-person run the first time. It was uh-huh. my ex, me, and the son. And then that was great. Uh, but then they teamed us up with a family on the second time, and they put the, these two idiots that didn't know how to drive in the front. <laughs> and I'm, I'm yelling. Like, I waited 45 minutes of this. I'm yelling at a strange family. <laughs> like, you need to stop pulling up. Yeah. You need to start going left. I'm sick of hitting these walls. Because I was the engineer. I had to fix yep. whenever they hit yep. something. So now I'm hitting buttons. I'm getting carpal tunnel on a on a ride, I'm getting so amped up, like uh, unreasonably emotional on this ride. Ryan Under Bowden. the ATAT, that's their blind spot. Obviously, how yeah. do you not know that? Is that the oh spaceship one? I mean, there's a lot of spaceships. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I have the one. But he goes, yeah. the one, so, I've only been on one spaceship one. I don't know what the, it's called. Well, so there's the three Star rows. Tours. Are you thinking about Star Tours? I don't know. That's there's another three rows of seats, and the people who steer are in front, and then there's the gunners, and then there's the engineers. That's what we went on. It's part of the new, yeah. It's relatively oh, you've new. You've never yeah. been there. I don't think oh, I've done this. Oh, and, and listen to this one. 
You, you know, when you, you know when you this is the anger man. You know when you walk in, you they put you right in the Falcon right before you get on the ride. Yeah. Like you're right in the bay of the Falcon. They got the little chess. We're always playing chess. We're always playing chess, right? Really? I'm looking around. I'm just taking it all in. I'm like, when am I gonna get to do this again, mm-hmm. right? This is like when I met Dan Marino. I couldn't stop touching him because yeah. I didn't know when I get to touch him again. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I touched Damon as much as I could. And then, uh, like, so I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm never, like, I might not do this again. And I asked one of the, the workers, I'm like, can I take a, can I sit down at the chess table and take a picture? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. I give my ex the, my camera, my phone. I go, I go, I go, just take my picture. She took two of the worst <laughs> The worst pictures ever, ever. They're the worst. I want to find them right now. And she, the whole trip, the whole trip, she took horrible pictures of me. Horrible. Every time I said take my picture, I might as well just put the phone to the sky or the ground and click it. Because she took the worst pictures ever in the history of... Sounds like there might be a little resentment going on there. No, there's not. She's my best friend, but... uh, Man, she sucks at taking pictures. <laughs> Come see the horrible pictures in New Hope Cinemas this weekend. Look at that. Brian, Look at that. Oh, he showed okay. them. What? Uh, yeah, that's right? Really that's a bad. terrible picture. That's really bad. That's a like, really bad blurry. picture. Very blurry. Yeah, oh, you blurry. Are yeah. Oh, but don't worry. She took two, everybody. She took two. <laughs> she took two terrible pictures in case the first one ah. wasn't bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> And the room that you're talking about was actually probably cooler than the ride itself to me. Because it was like it yeah. was like a one to one replica of the set of the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Oh, that's which cool. was pretty cool. That's cool. The ride was we... fun. It would have been more fun if I had multiple arms, you know. Yeah. yeah. Six or seven. Wouldn't most things be? Yes. I was telling Brian last night that uh, my I was I convinced my ex to go to Shanghai. They they opened a brand new Disney in Shanghai. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. said, That's hey, right. can, let's go. It, it's brand new. It's less than a year old. Can you imagine the technology they have now for rides? Yeah. And, and she was like, okay. And I said, and I saw the hotels, four and five star hotels around Shanghai. We're a hundred dollars a night. It was amazing. Really? I said it's really affordable. So she agreed, and then I went down the rabbit hole all night long while she was asleep, looking at Disney videos from Shanghai, and I came across this guy, Disney Dan. Uh, Disney Dan uh, has my a, husband. Uh, <laughs> my husband's name is Dan. Well, this Disney Dan, I can confirm for you, it does uh, not marry women. He does not. Yes, <laughs> Disney Dan has a friend named Peter that's with him in every video, and him and Peter have a story they haven't revealed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Disney Dan has all these videos of the grand opening of, uh, of uh, Shanghai Disney, and one of the videos said a warning about Shanghai Disney. And I made the mistake of clicking on that, and he goes, hey, everybody, Disney Dan, so um, a couple things you need to know if you're coming to Shanghai Disney, just so you're not freaked out. Uh, There's some things that you need to know before you come here. Number one, people here don't respect personal space. And he showed multiple pictures that he took standing in line where the person behind him, their sneakers were touching his sneakers. They were dick to ass to this guy in line, physically touching him in line. And he said, another thing is they don't respect the park. And he showed pictures of when you're standing in line, they have these uh, to keep you occupied. They have really cool scenery related to the ride that you're going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... 
it's in an area where they have a sign that says do not enter this is you know this is just a scenery you're not allowed to enter the space and entire families were sitting in there <laughs> with the dads smoking cigarettes waiting for the line to move oh and the craziest of all which is when i knew that i was going to lose my ex was that he said there are signs all over Shanghai Disney that say if you have to go to the bathroom, please use a restroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, because God. it is traditional, and I've asked people who visited China, it is traditional in China for young children to wear onesies with a butt flap. Oh. And uh, when the child has to go to the bathroom, the the parent will undo the butt flap and hold the child over a garbage can, yep. and let them go number one and number two into a garbage can. <laughs> Brian is smiling. I do it as an adult. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, that's flap. my culture. <laughs> Brian showed so. us his flap right now. Yeah. Oh, no, so that's that's again. what I knew I was going to lose her, and that she would not be able to handle that. But and apparently there is a viral video of opening day at Shanghai Disney, where oh, a young God. girl walked out in the middle of Main Street and just went number two right in the middle of Main Street. Yeah. Well, that'll yeah. happen. It's like L.A. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Is that what? true that Venice Beach is as horrible as they say it is? I haven't seen it personally, oh. but I it's have... It's a great place to get crack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know friends who... It's always been sketchy. The last yeah. 10, 15 yeah. years have been really sketchy. Uh, it's changed a lot since the magical hippie days of Jim Morrison and, you know, yeah. uh, and, and it's gotten a little... <clears throat> You know, scary out there, but I guess recently I have a few friends who have said, Man, it is nightmarish out there right now. That's so, right yeah, parts of uh, California, Washington. Um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah, some scary homelessness problems out there. Have you been sure. to Russia? I've never been, always wanted to go. Have you guys gone? No? I, I was in Russia, and I, one of their little tours was to take the subway. Mm. Because it's a tour. It's oh, a no. tour because the, sub- <laughs> oh, no, the subway the subway is owned by the military. It is pristine. There is art. Oh, Nobody wow. would ever do anything if you tried to like, you know, take somebody's wallet or something. You'd probably just be shot. Really? There's oh. no screwing around. Wow. But they are so packed. We got it. We're like. She said, we're going to go in, and we're going to do two stops, and then everybody out. I cannot guarantee that you will all be on the same train, because you're just going to get in there, and they're packed, and it's going to be it's gonna be a lot. But you're only going to do two what? stops, two what? stops, two what stops. And people are, people are getting in the train, and, she, and she's like, two stops, two stops. <laughs> and they're all, like, freaking out, because like, I get in with my friend Joyce, and there's more and more people, and more and more people. And there's a little old lady with a babushka. Mm-hmm. She's about, she's about, I don't even know, three foot four. She's the tiniest thing. She was, I didn't know she was there till we got off the train. She was like in my stomach. <laughs> we got, we got out of the train and Joy says, I think I just had sex. <laughs> it was that packed. And that young, that young babushka is playing for the Minnesota Vikings now. Oh yeah, God. I know, I'm like, where did she come from? How did she breathe? That's how the trains are in Tokyo. It's literally, they have people. Oh, the people stuffers. They, they have, have these people big stuffers. Yeah. battering oh, rams where I they're can. just no thing. Cramming people in there. I have anxiety. Just hearing about it. I hate it so much. Claustrophobia. You You know what's a weird touristy thing in Amsterdam? I did shows at an English-speaking comedy club in Amsterdam called Boom Chicago. It's this amazing comedy club. And my first night there, the owner of the club said, uh, Hey, um, 
If you uh, are interested, I'm just letting you know it's it's kind of a touristy thing, and you know, but I'm just letting you know there is uh, we're famous for having live sex shows here mm-hmm. in Amsterdam. So if you want to go, we have a relationship with the best live sex show club. I can put your name on the guest list, and I said, yeah, I, I would love to go. And so they they put me on the list, and they gave me directions after the show how to get down there. And walking through, I. Walk by. There's a in the red light district. There's a Ben and Jerry's that makes their own waffle cones there. <laughs> what? And you can smell the waffle cone outside. And I went, oh my god. And I always do this move when I go into a ice cream place where I pretend uh, that I have a girlfriend with me, and I'll go. Uh, I go, hi. Um, can I get a couple scoops of chocolate chip cookie dough? And um, can you? Uh, and I'll look around and go. She likes rainbow sprinkles. Can you put? <laughs> can, you put rain, just, can you put extra rainbow, please? Extra rainbow. She likes a lot of. All right, thank you. And I'll commit to it all the way out the door. I'll open the door and I'll go, honey. And then, and then once I get past the shop, I'll start licking my, licking the So, and I make it to the live sex show, and I said, "Hi, I'm on the guest list." And they were like, uh, "Yeah, Craig Gas, come on in." I walked in, and there are people on stage doing it, and the crowd is they're smoking pot they're doing cocaine like it's all this like it's yeah it's so filled with sin and i was sitting there watching and licking my ice cream cone and i noticed everybody slowly going the fuck is this sick fuck <laughs> <laughs> i was in the middle of the crowd licking an ice cream cone joe biden everybody was doing drugs around me it was Incredible that I was the freak yeah. in that room. I was the weirdo, not drinking or doing drugs, so but the, licking my ice cream cone. The best sex club. What? What the worst one? Be? Yeah. What? Please, shit, that's a just, great point. Is it just a, very yeah. bad? Sex? Oh, that would yeah. be balloons in Providence, Rhode Island. That's balloons, Providence, Rhode Island. Eighteen plus fifty dollars. Get what you want. That's gonna do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family. 